My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a 50-year-old grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling and on social media I found so many women, inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you, so let's celebrate and firmly place a spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. So welcome back to another episode of Out of the Bubble. I hope you've all had a great week. Um, Today I'm going to be talking to Lily Badcock. Lily describes herself as a badass spiritual purpose coach and she uses singing as a tool to help people find out who they really are. I really looked forward to talking to um, Lily because her joy for singing oozes out of her and she really encourages people to find that inner passion and find what makes them come alive and joy and singing is often a tool to do that whether you've been told in the past that you couldn't sing you were in the choir and you weren't you weren't good enough um, now is never the time to to put those aside and take away that negativity and just sing for joy and sing for pleasure for yourself and forget about what everybody else is doing but I love her stories and I love the way that she also really struggled with anxiety for a dark period of time that really could have held back but actually she managed to overcome that and she managed to acknowledge it and work her way through it but it also led her down a different path so keeping an open mind in in your journey um, is definitely something that I have really learned from Lily's conversation so grab a coffee sit back and enjoy so good morning Lily thank you so much for joining me this morning how are you I'm really well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And what I love about all these connections is they're made through social media. The, you know, the, the people that I would never have, you know, I would never have come across if it hadn't been for the podcast community. There's so many fantastic communities out there on social media, isn't there? Yeah, oh, I love that. I think the internet is an amazing place and it's, uh, I know that it has its pitfalls, but I'm just blown away. Every time I connect with anyone, I'm just like, wow. I just think, you know, when I think about my nanny or, you know, like older people in my family, like what they must think, <laughs> you know, yeah. you can just talk to anyone anywhere at the push of a button. It's brilliant. It's fabulous. So for people that, that might not know you, Lily, how do you describe yourself? So I call myself a transformational confidence and spiritual purpose coach. And it's funny because I have this conversation a lot on my own podcast where I, as soon as I say that title, I then feel like I have to put a caveat and like list all the other things that I do. Because I just think anytime you give a title, um, it almost feels like I'm being plonked in a box somewhere. But I think that really encapsulates the essence of what I do. Um, so that's what we're rolling with for now. <laughs> Fabulous. That sounds great. And, you know, you've been on quite some journey because you, you're... Um professional singer that's that's your background isn't it I mean let's start at the beginning so had you always had that love of singing from a young age yeah yeah always like there's a line in an ABBA song um thank you for the music where she says mama says I was a dancer before I could walk and a singer before I could talk and that literally was me and I wasn't so much of the dancer although I did dabble in that but um yeah there's literally even now I find it impossible to speak without singing in some way like you know people laugh at me but when they when I see them for the first time I won't just go hi it's like hey like (laughs) like, I just sing what I'm saying it's like it just comes out of me I can't help it (laughs) so what were your dreams and aspirations when you were younger then in terms of singing did you want to go on to to musical theatre did you have huge dreams when you were younger 
I think it changed. I think I've, I've been on stage since I was two. So I just, I didn't feel like I ever had aspirations because I was always doing it. I just was always part of shows and I was always performing. So there was that aspect of it. I knew quite early on that I wasn't going to be a dancer. And I can even remember in um, dance shows, always begging them to let me sing. I'd be like, I don't want to do this dance, but I know the song, so can I sing the song? And they'd be like, no, this is a dancing school. Um, and of course now, like you just find all, there are, you know, there are companies everywhere that do all of it. And I would have been all over that at that age, but it just wasn't a thing. And then, yeah, sure, growing up, there was definitely a point where I thought I was going to be like a famous singer writing songs, but I don't think that ever came from a real desire to do it it was just I knew that I wanted to sing and that seemed like a good way to do it you know mm. um my dad really wanted me to go to RADA you know a stage school my mum was very much like you know you can do that stuff but you need to have a, a decent background as well um so I ended up not going to stage school but I've never regretted that I just feel like I mean, now I teach everything about purpose. I believe everything happens for a reason. And I don't believe that I was ever meant to do that, obviously, because I would have done it anyway. But yeah, it's definitely changed over the years. And I think for a short period of time, I was chasing after that idea of, oh, I'll get, I, I just always thought I was going to be discovered. It was very rude that that never happened. <laughs> How dare they? Do they not know who you are? No, I just, exactly, that's it. I just always assumed somebody was going to come along and go, oh my goodness, like, let's give her an album deal. And then it would, you know, I just thought that's how it would work. So yeah, that was it. And then as I've got older, I very quickly, like, I think when you start to understand actually what that is, and when you actually start to get your own mind and you have your own life, you realise that the thing you thought you wanted isn't what you wanted at all, because it actually isn't what you thought it was. Um, and that's definitely been kind of in more recent years where I've landed with it. Yeah, and that's really interesting because we do, you know, a lot of us chase these dreams and have this image of how it will feel and how it will be when we get there. And quite often it's not actually what we thought it was going to be in the end. And I think, I suppose it's learning to adapt to that and accept that, that there's a different path for us that we weren't quite ready for. Yeah, oh, I, I so believe in that. And actually, a large part of the work I do now is actually helping people to come to terms with the, the life that they are living and, and the path that they're on. Because a lot of the people I work with, in many cases, have been challenged massively. Like, you know, as a really huge example, like somebody might have lost the use of their legs or, you know, you know, somebody may have been very much on a path I know there's one person I've worked with and I know she won't mind me speaking about her even though I won't give her name but mm. you know she was very much living her life doing what she loved um, and being very good at it and very successful and then became very very unwell suffers from brain seizures which means now she can't drive she can't do that job and you know she has a very 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 rare form of uh, this autoimmune disease that nobody knows anything about and her entire life changed and so when she came to me she was very much feeling lost and feeling regretful like her life hadn't gone the way she wanted it to she really felt like I'm done like what can there be now because I had my purpose and now it's gone and mm -hmm. I believe my job is well I know my mission is to help people find their value 
right now. It doesn't matter what you thought you were supposed to do or who you thought you were supposed to be. I absolutely know and believe if you're living and breathing on earth, you have a purpose and you have value and your best years are still to come and it doesn't matter how challenging it feels in this moment. I know that there is a reason for you being here and it's my job to help you navigate that. So yeah, for a lot of those people, it's, it's actually coming to terms with, okay, well, this is my path now. And now what do I choose from here? Rather than constantly being in that place of, I feel cheated and I feel like I got robbed, you know? Yeah, completely. I can relate to that. Then I got divorced at 39 and when I looked back at the kind of my 20s and 30s, my lack of confidence held me back. And there there was a period of time where I just regretted. It was almost like I'd wasted those years. But actually it wasn't. It was all I have accepted. It was part of my journey to get me to where I am now. And there was lots of good parts in that that journey as well. And it's all part of purpose that that I'm meant to be doing now, which I feel quite strongly about. How did you, because you are a very confident person. <laughs> you, you come across as being a very confident person. If you're singing in public, there has to be that inner confidence. So how did you feel when you started struggling with anxiety? What impact did that have on you? Oh my goodness, yeah. So my voice was actually very intrinsically linked to that struggle. Um, and what I mean by that was I actually lost my voice for three weeks. Yeah, I and I still don't know. I, I, I say this all the time. I still don't know whether I lost my voice because of the anxiety or if the anxiety rose because I lost my voice. I just think it was all, it just all rolled into one. Um, mm. And I'd lost my voice before. I used to work in a call centre and I would literally lose my voice every two weeks. So losing my voice wasn't a big deal to me. It was almost something I'd come to expect. Um, but it was only ever for a short period of time. And then this particular time, it rolled on for three weeks and I had no voice for three weeks. And then even after it came back for speaking, I didn't get it back for singing. I would even say now it's not the voice that it was. It just isn't like, you know, and that impacted my confidence because I hadn't realized, but I'd actually plowed all of my self-worth into the fact that I could sing. It was just, it was my thing. It was what I did. And I wasn't very academic at school. I like, you know, like I said, didn't dance particularly well. There were loads of people better than me. And while there were plenty of people better at me than singing, for some reason it never mattered. I just loved doing it so much that it didn't even matter how I never even thought about how good am I at doing this I just did it because I loved it you know Mm -hmm. so to then not be able to do it and not and like that was my form of expression and to not be able to do that was devastating and then on top of that I was still teaching singing because I had to earn money and that was how I did it and Mm -hmm that was when that voice really started to creep in and I can remember distinctly standing up in front of an entire school I used to run every week I used to go on a Thursday and and do singing in this primary school and it would always start at 1 p.m with the entire school in assembly and I would lead them with their hymns I couldn't sing I just couldn't sing and you know outwardly I was still cool and okay but in my head there was just this constant voice saying what are you doing? Like, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be teaching anybody else about singing because you've wrecked your own voice. You're going to wreck theirs too. Like, this is really reckless of you to be doing this. You know, you shouldn't be doing it. And I did actually convince myself at one point that I shouldn't 
sing. I was like, maybe I was wrong. Maybe singing was, was not my thing. And uh, that was how I found, so you said earlier about there's always a, you know, a purpose to the path. And yeah. that was actually what allowed me to find the confidence piece, ironically, because I started to evaluate, you know, what it was that I did, what it was I really enjoyed. And I realized that all of my favorite clients, I know you're not supposed to have favorites, but you know, you do, you have the mm -hmm. ones that just feel easy. And all of those clients were always people that came in feeling like they wanted to sing, but they didn't think they could do it. And then they would leave knowing that they absolutely could and knowing that even if they didn't have the skill set right then and there, they knew it was possible for them. And I realized that it was the transformation that I really loved doing. So that was how I then went into confidence coaching. And I kind of went, okay, cool. I won't be a singer then. Um, I'll be a confidence coach. That's cool. I'm okay with that. Mm. But obviously you're given, we're all given gifts, right? I believe your path to purpose is through your passion. So the things that light you up the most, the things you most love to do are your direct route to that passion. So I was led back to it. And aside from all the people around me going, why aren't you singing? Like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, I just, I had this sadness inside of me that was just, I, if I could, I would sing. And so I started to rehabilitate my voice. Um, and as I was doing that, and as I was still teaching singing, I started to realize that so many, if not all of the lessons I was giving were very, very relevant in life as well. Um, so for example, people often struggle to hit a high note and they come in and they go, it's that high note in that song and I can't hit it. And I go, okay, well, but that's not the issue though. It's never the note. It's never the, the one that you think is the problem is never the problem. Something has tripped you up way before that. Like mm. get to the root of that, you're gonna hit that note fine. And I just think that's such an amazing life lesson as well. Like the problem you think you've got isn't your problem. So something smaller has just stuck out a little tripwire first that has then meant that you can't achieve whatever it is you wanna achieve. And so I started to realize that there were these massive parallels and it was like, oh my goodness, I can teach the confidence through the singing. It almost became irrelevant that I couldn't sing myself. Um, and how that's evolved now over the last couple of years, it's just skyrocketed. And even now I'm blowing my own mind. Like every day I get more realizations about what this actually is and it so isn't what I thought it was in the beginning. <laughs> and how, I mean, it's just amazing. And how, how did your anxiety ease through that journey then? Was it that the more you, you did your self-development work that made the, the anxiety decrease? Or was it that you slowly started singing again? How did you get past that, that huge hurdle? Because anxiety is so crippling. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it's a really difficult question to answer. Firstly, because I would never say that I overcame my anxiety. I am still very capable of falling into an anxious hole. I can definitely get into anxious thinking and second guessing and all of that. For sure, the self-development pulls me out of the hole pretty quick. Um, I actually had an enormous wobble earlier this year, a few months ago now, where I, I literally felt the lowest I've ever felt. And that was really jarring because having done this amount of work and having built an entire business and identity around someone that helps other people to feel better, the fact that I didn't feel better, again, it was that voice. It was like, oh, look, you thought you were this person, but you're not. And 
and in the very lowest moment, I convinced myself that I actually didn't have any of the abilities I thought I had. Like, you're not inspiring. Nobody cares what you've got to say. You're not intuitive. You're not connected to, you know, God or source or the universe. You don't connect with your friend. I lost a friend earlier this year after a six year battle with cancer. Like, mm -hmm. you're not talking to her. You don't really feel her. It's all a load of rubbish. Um, you're really just a very, very sick person and everyone around you knows this and they're just playing along. That's what I convinced myself of for like a minute. And, mm -hmm. and in that minute when I was so low, I just heard this little voice in my head say, what would feel better than this? <laughs> you know, I was literally sobbing yeah. and it was like, what would feel better than this? And, and at the time I disregarded it and was like, who cares? Who cares what would feel better? this is how I feel, this is the reality, like it doesn't matter what would feel better, but actually that question did take a little root, and I, part of my brain started to think, and in the end I was like, well all right, it would feel better to believe that that isn't the truth, and that actually I do have my gifts, and I am inspiring, and I do have a purpose, like I would much rather believe that I'm here for a reason, and that I get to change the world for the better, than believe that I'm just this heap of meat and bones that can't help anyone and in the end it was like the truth is what you choose it is like your perception is everything mm -hmm. so in that moment I just was like I, I it doesn't feel good to believe the other thing that feels awful so I might be wrong but I'm gonna go with the other thing and and I was able to actually and it didn't happen just like that that was over a course of a few days yeah. um and then you know and off the back of that you know in that moment I really felt like I'd failed and it was like oh you're an idiot because you thought you were going to be this you know big transformational coach and look you can't even get yourself out of bed today so what a joke you are and you know that's where I was but actually I got to the other side of it and was like well it is all choice it's just perception and you know the vision I got actually very soon after that question was of being lowered into a very deep well with a rope around my waist the way that you would be if you were saving somebody else and the vision I got was you had to just dip there for a minute to remember how people feel when they need you because I'm here for the people who feel like that. And I think it's very easy to go bouncing through life going, oh, I'm a confidence coach, everything's brilliant. Yeah. Like whack up these affirmations, you're gonna feel good. The truth is none of that works. None of that works in the moment when you feel that low, you don't believe any of it. And I think yeah. I needed that reminder. So it was a very, very strong visual. And of course, in that moment, I was feeling very responsible for that depression and, and that feeling. As I started to work my way out of it, I realized, you know, you're grieving. I lost one of my best friends only in March. Like this is grief. Um, my choir had to be shut down. My choir that I've had for 15 years, that was literally my salvation, not just because I love to sing, but because I love the people and the connection and all of that had to stop. The entire world changed. Nothing that we knew could yeah. remain the same. And, it was like, dude, give yourself a break. Like you're allowed to feel a little bit of a wobble. Um, of course, I feel like I got back up stronger. I feel like I have a deeper sense of my purpose. I have a deeper, um, what's the word? Appreciation for human emotion. Like 
I realized that I don't have to go through life just firing on the happy cylinders. It's okay yeah. to go to the dark side, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's that acknowledgement of, of the fact that, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're a confidence coach because, you know, you can offer so much to people from your experiences, but it isn't always going to be high up there. I am fantastic, feeling amazing all the time. It's just not human nature. And I think acknowledging exactly. that, and, and yeah, saying yes exactly I that. have bad days too and it's the same with my body confidence it's not I don't wake up every single morning and think wow my body's amazing some days are harder than others but I've just learned to deal with it better that's that's the yeah. difference and it's having those tools to deal with it which you've obviously been learning to do and then passing on to your clients and this is it and you know and to try and get back to your initial question I realize I go off on huge tangents but you know the singing it's so multi-layered you know to be honest it isn't singing in and of itself it's doing what your soul wants you to do i believe that we are souls having a human experience i believe that when we landed as humans we were gifted things that we're passionate about things that we're good at things that we just you know those things that light us up that is how you get to your purpose that is how you overcome any anxiety any stress the the bit of the kick in the nuts though is when you're struggling you won't want to do those things mm -hmm. so the last thing i feel like doing is singing but i can put music on mu like and this is the the latest kind of evolution of of my work i realized that you know i i had a spiritual awakening two years ago so i started to get this idea that i'm intuitive and that i have these gifts and I'm looking around and I'm seeing that there are people who are clairvoyant, there are mediums, you know, there are people that can channel the dead and all of this. And I was like, I don't feel like I fit into any of that. And literally in the last month, I would say, I just had this epiphany that, oh my God, I communicate through music. I've always communicated through song. Singing is how I work through my emotions. I'm not someone that will I'm definitely not someone that will pick up the phone and go, oh, I'm having a bad day. Like mm. I find that really hard to do. I don't like doing it because to me that's like owning it. And I know that it's healthy to own it, but how I've grown up, I was taught that that wasn't healthy to own it and that you should stuff it all down. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So singing was how I did that. And I think that if there, are, if there are things you can't say and emotions you can't express, music and singing allows you to do that. And then on top of that, I've realized that music actually speaks to me as well. And the more I've realized this, the more profound it's become. But I will put like, I'll put my iPad on shuffle. I will receive the answers I've been asking for through the songs I'm listening to. And I honestly, truly believe that anyone that's been given the gift of singing, songwriting, making music, it, that is their spiritual gift. They are gifting people the ability to find you know, find a message that they need to convey or work through an emotion or, or even just receive that message, you know, and it's happened too many times now for me to overlook that. And so that's becoming an enormous part of my work as we move into 2021. And I almost felt like, oh, okay, so there are people who are psychic and then there's me, like music is my language. I've mm. even got this ability, which I didn't understand at first, but I've always been able to intuitively guide people to the songs they need to sing and a hundred percent of the time it would be either a song that evoked a really happy memory in them or allowed them to process something they really needed to process or it just empowered them somehow through the lyrics and I understand now that that's what I do yeah. <laughs> I never knew it at the time I always used to say oh I've got this useless gift that 
I will find the perfect song for you. I don't know why I'm able to do this. I get it now. <laughs> so how does it work? How does, so if a client comes to you um, and wants to kind of rediscover some confidence and, and, and needs to do some more self-development work, how does it work? How does, how, what, kind of describe some of the practice that you, that you, that you might deal with? It depends how they come to me. Um, more often than not, people don't come to me saying I need more confidence or I need to find my purpose. They come to me going, oh, you can sing. I'd like to do that, you know. Um, so I feel like, you know, when I had my awakening, I received the message that I was here for those people waking up to purpose. And I questioned it and said, well, all right, then, if that's true, then why do I have this ability to sing? And the answer came back, well, duh, that's how you speak to the humans. Like, the people that I'm here to help, aren't necessarily super spiritual so wouldn't necessarily you know relate to me if I started going full-on woo-woo spiritual speak but they do love to sing and they do love music and that's mm -hmm. how they find me and so they often will just come in and go ah oh, I'm here because I want to learn to sing or I'm here because I want to feel happier singing or I'm here because I want to hit that high note it's got to the point now where I'll immediately tell them that's not why you're here. Like your soul's about to wake up. That's why you're here. But cool, we'll do some singing. That's how we'll do it. But so it starts, you know, it's almost like this, this duality, you know, there's this very deep spiritual work. Your soul is starting to realize who you are. And by the way, that's where the anxiety piece comes in as well, because if you're feeling very anxious and out of alignment and stressed and frustrated, that is your soul going, hello, like yeah. we're not on the path we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing or in my case I was doing it and I didn't realize that's what I was doing I wasn't giving it any props I thought it was nothing I didn't realize the deep deep impact I was having on people so there's that very deep spiritual element but I'm a I, I believe there are three types of warriors in this world there are warriors of joy warriors of peace and oh, what was the other one I thought of these came to me the other day are warriors of strength and what that means is I feel like spiritual teachers come in all shapes and sizes and there are those who lead with peace so they're the ones that sit on mountaintops and meditate and stroke their crystals and chant and get very peaceful I'm not that I am a warrior of joy I lead with joy I'm all about fun shenanigans you know the people in my choir who are of all ages have an absolute license to be ridiculous. You know, you have to be ridiculous because that's where your joy comes back from. And that's the connection because, and that's also the, the confidence building. Cause then when you're not afraid to be ridiculous, you're not afraid of anything, you know, yeah. and that's not yeah. going to work for everybody. I believe we are all a warrior of something. And I believe because I'm a warrior of joy, I get led to the, the warriors of strength and peace. So I get, I get drawn to the people who do sit on mountaintops or who are, you know, speaking from a very strong place, you know, like they've overcome something remarkable in their life. But I believe that, you know, quite often actually people come into my choir and they're quiet and they say, oh, I'm always told that I'm too quiet, that I should come out of my shell. And I'm like, well, number one, there's no should. You be you. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But at the same time sure if you want to unlock that you're in the right place you can't help it you know and it is yeah. it's literally a bunch of adults acting like five-year-olds most of the time and having a great time doing it and yeah <laughs> and it's interesting it's about giving yourself that permission to, to to just be who you are and i think it sometimes gets knocked out of us in our 20s and 30s because life gets in the way and society's expectations on us kind of 
channel us down a certain route. And I, I talk to so many women that hit their 40s, but then go back and rediscover those things that sparked that passion. And singing definitely is on that list. And, you know, I know myself, I loved singing when I was younger and I nearly went to drama school and chickened out. And, and now I'm starting to think, well, actually, I would love to, to, to get some more singing back in my life because I know it gives me pleasure. So it's interesting yeah. to see how the ages kind of, as you get older, you maybe go back and rediscover it. What's your kind of age group like? Is there a, is there a pattern to, to the age that you, that you coach and, and have in your groups? So I have a cool story about this. For a start, no, I've taught all ages. Um, in the choir, I would say the main bulk of the age are women and men in their 30s and 40s. I think, though, largely that's just because that's my age and I just think people are drawn to similar age groups. You know, it would be unlikely for um, somebody in their 30s to want to join a choir where everyone was in their 60s. I just think we get we are inherently led to the people that, uh, similar to us yeah. um, however I've worked with kids as young as four uh, I used to um, own a performing arts school so they used to come in like that and of course the work's very very different there um, when children are four unless they've been through something quite traumatic they still know who they are they still know what they want they don't actually have any fear they just go and do mm -hmm. it so it's brilliant um, and that, you know, that is it's almost the same as teaching the adults because it's just the same. It's silly shenanigans and having fun and using our voices that way. Um, teenagers is one of my favourite age groups to work with because I think teenagers, teenagers are where they've just started to question who they are. And, you know, usually if they've been led to singing, the teen years is where a lot of them then stop. That's where lots of people stop because yeah. they start to look around and go, oh, I'm not as good as that person or I can't do it like that. Or, 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 or they're just told so many times not to do it and then they yeah. don't do it. So the confidence building um, that you see in teenagers is phenomenal. Like the singing really is, is powerful for them. Um, but you know, I had an email once for my choir. I, I've always said there's no cap to the, the age limit, you know, all ages welcome. And I received an email, I think the guy was in his 60s at the time. And he was like, I'm in my 60s and I know that's probably too old, but I really want to do it. And I read it and immediately, if I'm honest, was like, oh yeah, you're quite a bit older than everyone else in the group. But then straight away I was like, no, I don't believe you're ever too old. So of course you're welcome. And he ended up being one of the most brilliant members of my choir that I've ever had. We've even got an award in his honor <laughs> because oh, he has to leave. Um, he's now moved up north, but every year we give away his award because he just encapsulated everything that was about the choir, the enthusiasm, the love for people and, you know, the support and, and like, you know, pushing himself as well. And I just loved it. And then, my real test came when I was visiting my nanny a few years ago. She was 94. She'd wound up in a home because she'd fallen down the stairs. She'd caught pneumonia. She was very, very depressed, couldn't go home, um, was in this care home. And they literally didn't think she would go home. They were like, you know, and when someone's 94 and all of that happens, you do start to think, or you start to think she might not come back from this, yeah. you know? But I was like, no, I don't believe that. So I made her a vision board, but rather than a vision board, because I was like, a vision board at the age of 94 seems pointless because they don't see much of a future at 94. She kept saying, you know, I don't know why I'm not dead yet. Surely it's my time. 
and I kept saying you're not in charge of that if you're still here there's a reason you know <laughs> so you need to stop um so instead I made her a board of inspiration and I put on quotes from the bible and pictures of the queen because she loved the queen and pictures of family and plants and flowers and you know, everything that I knew would speak to her soul and right in the middle there was a quote from the Bible because I just thought even though her human is depressed right now and she wasn't even opening her eyes I was like her soul is still in there and her soul still connects to these things and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about mm -hmm. what you love is what you love it doesn't matter how depressed you are your soul will be lit up by the things that you love you know and I remember they put it up in her room and at first she was like take it down I don't want to see that and then they kept putting it back up and after a while she started to read it and then after a while it became a real source of comfort for her when she did get back home eventually I started visiting her and that's when she said to me oh um can you teach me to sing and I was like you're 94 I was like uh sure again I was like what do I believe? Do I believe you can be too old or do I believe you're never too old? And yeah. I was like, no, I've always said you're never too old. So I taught her to sing Over the Rainbow. There's a video of it on Facebook. Oh. If you look for Nanny Nanette on Facebook, Over the Rainbow, you'll find her on there. Um, she passed a couple of years ago now, but my goodness, like the last couple of years of her life, she just lit back up. And she was like, I always believed I couldn't do this. Like I never thought I would be able to sing. And I remember interviewing her. I've got a little video clip. I think that's on Facebook as well. And I was like, what have you learned? She was like, that you can do anything. It doesn't matter how old you are or what you've been told. Like she was genuinely baffled. <laughs> she was oh, like, I love I'm 94. And I was like, mate, you're never done learning. I believe that. And so yeah. I yeah. also really believe that. I kept saying to her, you're here for a purpose, you'll go when it's time. And I just think that time I got with her at the end, we got really close in the last couple of years and she really helped me solidify what I was doing and you know my truth. And I just so believe that was part of the purpose, why she didn't go when she thought yeah. she should have done. It's just That's beautiful. That's such a beautiful story. And I will definitely, I'll put the links to that. I'm going to find that. Yeah. That. I'll put up the links. That's fantastic. And you're so right. And that's, that's what that's the bubble is all about. It's about taking those steps and, and being brave because you're never too late to try something. And quite often, you know, in our, young, in our youth, we get told that we can't do something, particularly singing. You know, I thought in the 70s, if you were in the choir and you didn't have a good voice, you weren't allowed in. It was just that yeah. kind of generation. So I think, yeah. you know, and I know that's changed now, but it's just encouraging people to go and follow their real passions and do what brings them joy. And it doesn't have to lead to anything other than just having those moments of joy in the day. And what a beautiful, what a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing it. It's been lovely to talk to you. How can people find you, Lily? So I'm on Instagram. You can just find me under Lily Badcock. There's not many of us, so um, you'll find me there. And my website, again, is just my name, lilybadcock.com. Fantastic. And last question I ask all my guests, uh, because women are so bad at accepting compliments about themselves. So if you were to pay yourself a compliment, what would it be? Oh my God, that's a brilliant question. <laughs> well played. Oh my goodness. A compliment for myself that I don't ever give up. It doesn't matter how hard it gets. I, I just don't quit. I remember, the, I remember the moment I realised that I wasn't going to give up as well, because I think when you've really tuned into who you are, um, I just remember going, oh my God, I'm, I would never give up on this even if I wanted to. So 
yeah, I think I've got I've got balls of steel. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, that's a perfect way to end it. It's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure to talk to you, Lily. Thank you so much. Great to connect with you. Thank you, Angie. Thank Have you. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation with Lily as much as I did. And I am definitely going to go and look up uh, the nanny story of the, the 93-year-old singing and proves that it is never too late. The whole purpose of this podcast is to try and encourage you to step out of your comfort zone. You know, have you been told in the past that you that you couldn't sing and you wanted to be in a choir but you weren't allowed when you were younger? I know as a 70s child that that definitely happened in schools and it doesn't now, thankfully. But I really want to encourage people that might want to rediscover something that really just brings them pure joy, purely for the fun of doing something for themselves, that really you should do it. And now is the time to do it because there is no wrong age, as the uh, story from Lily proves to us all. So I hope you've had some inspiration and whatever it is that brings you joy, I hope you keep on doing it and do it as much as you can. And I will be back next week with some more inspiration. But in the meantime, keep being fabulous. Thank you for listening to Out of the Bubble podcast. I hope you found lots of inspiration and it's left you with some midlife food for thought. How would you compliment yourself? I'd love to hear from you so I can share some love for all you women over 40. Please get in touch. Email me, rachel at outofthebubblepodcast.com. You can also come and join the Facebook page at Step Out of the Bubble. I'll be back next Monday, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>